Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Karis. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to talk about our topic today. Me too. We're going to talk about how Thanksgiving is a verb. Well, oh, yes. I'm intrigued. I like this. We think of Thanksgiving as a holiday, as a day, as an activity, Mm -hmm. Um, but Thanksgiving is a verb. Mm. And so we're going to unpack what that means a little bit. But I wanted to start out with reading a quote, and um, as we were preparing resources for this show, this came to my mind. It's something I've heard people say before, and it never really... I never really knew who the original sort of uh, quote was, who, who had said it originally, because everybody always says, I didn't make this up, but I heard, <laughs> you know. So I was like, well, I could get to the bottom of like who actually said this. And um, I was pleasantly surprised when I did. And once you hear this, you'll understand why. Um, but it was said by Millard Fuller, who is the founder of Habitat for Humanity. And the quote is this, it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than it is to think your way into a new way of acting. Wow. It's kind of, yeah, it takes some thinking yes. about, right? And and so that's why I say when I found out it was it, that it was first sort of said or, or is attributed to um, the person who founded probably mm-hmm. one of the greatest humanitarian organizations that we have mm-hmm. in our modern age, it became even more powerful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's unpack this a little bit. Um, obviously, this is not an absolute. Yeah. It's saying this seems to be easier than that. Of course, there are times when we'll have some kind of a paradigm shifting experience or learn something new mm-hmm. um, that changes our thinking. And yeah. by changing our thinking, it transforms our, our behavior. Mm-hmm. We definitely see this happen when people learn about God's grace for the first time. Yeah. You know, once they f- really get it, it's like, whoa, like the lights come on and it and we know because we've seen it happen that it can completely transform how they treat the people in their life, how they act, how they behave. But there's other times and to me, most times in my life, because I feel like those epiphanies and those those transformative, uh, you know, paradigm shifts are so few and far between that what happens most of the time for me is that I have to act my way into a new way of thinking Mm -hmm. or new way of feeling. I think you can also add feeling to this, right? Mm -hmm. Because if it was enough for me to just say, I, I think I am, you know, like I know intellectually that I am grateful. And so I'm going to start acting grateful, Mm -hmm. right? Or I know intellectually that I need to exercise and I'm going to exercise. I know intellectually I need to eat Mm -hmm. a certain way to keep my body (laughs) healthy. If if it was enough for me to just think those thoughts and then things changed, well, yeah. We'd all be Life, super skinny be, and super yeah, productive. We, exactly. We all would be <laughs> able to just do the things that we know in our mind yeah. we we want to do. Mm-hmm. And then, frankly, there are times when it's like, I don't think I have anything to be grateful about mm-hmm. because I'm sinful and I'm curmudgeonly and yeah. we face hard things in our life. And so if I relied on my thoughts and my feelings, a lot of the time that would be a non-starter. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think... 
at least for me and and because we're we're talking about thanksgiving and gratitude Mm -hmm. i really thought this applied because that's where i see it play out most in my life is i have to there's just days where i have to ask myself what would a grateful person do Mm -hmm. and then do it (laughs) and then do it right and then it changes my thought process then i realize i have so much to be grateful Mm -hmm. for yeah i have so you know so many ways that god has blessed me i have so many wonderful people in my life who care for me Mm -hmm. who who do things even little things you know the 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 pest control person that comes and takes care of your house the you know just little things the people that that repair the roads so that we can drive without Mm -hmm. falling into a pothole you know you start to just it changes your thinking when you start to behave right the way (laughs) A grateful person would behave mm-hmm. or you know you say how what would a fit person do right now yeah. <laughs> they would go for a walk they would yeah. take a swim they would you know move right. their body what would a healthy person eat well mm-hmm. they would pick this instead of that um yeah so i i think that that's uh it, it's just a really good starting point so i wanted to start with that so that we can kind of yeah. keep that in our mind as we have this conversation yeah. and that brings up a good point like i have a friend who sent her kids away to summer camp for a couple of weeks this summer and she's like oh my gosh it's so crazy i have been drilling into my kids after dinner please clear your place please clear your place like that's not my role to clean up after you blah, blah, blah. right well i know because i volunteered at this camp one summer everybody clears yeah. their place and you the first person to, you know they offer to clear everyone's place and mm-hmm. you kind of do it begrudgingly at first because right. you're not used to serving in that mm-hmm. way but she said oh my gosh my kids came home from camp and they clear their place and they offer to clear our place because it was like they faked it till they made it because that's right, what yeah. you do at camp you just serve yeah. you serve by asking you know by clearing your own place by clearing others places and instead of her like always saying like please serve and this is why like they were just forced to do it at camp a little bit mm-hmm. of healthy peer pressure i think goes a right, long way right. and then they came home and they were yeah. like mom can i clear your place she's like who are these kids you right, know but they right. just they were forced to kind of jump in and yeah. serve and then it changed their thought process when they came home yeah change the thought process and mm-hmm. it also creates habits too. yes exactly you know, ultimately some of this stuff you just have to start doing it yeah <laughs> you can talk about it and think about it forever mm-hmm. and i think you know in our minds we come up with this ideal that we want to achieve or you know we suffer from analysis paralysis where we're thinking of all the things we could do or should do yeah. and ultimately you just have to do the. Th- you just have to start doing the things right um and and it frees you up and it almost tricks your brain to be like okay what would a (laughs) what would a helpful person do right now (laughs) and you just do that thing and then it becomes a habit and and it does actually start to change your thinking Mm -hmm. when you serve people you you get that dopamine hit Mm -hmm. i mean it's you you don't realize but that that level of sort of helping and interacting getting that positive feedback from others Mm -hmm. starts to create a different thought pattern and habit. Mm -hmm. So that's what we'll talk about today is um, what does this gratefulness and the servant's attitude look like in our kids' daily lives and how can we kind of help instill that year round, not Mm -hmm. just at Thanksgiving. I know for my kids, they're younger and so they're like so excited about Halloween. Yeah. Like they need bigger pillowcases this year and because they are going to get 17 pounds of candy that is their goal they're like i'm gonna weigh myself before and after i'm put my goal 17 pounds i'm like oh that's disgusting because and then annoying because i have to monitor all that candy intake for the next six months right but then they kind of skip over thanksgiving 
and I mean, they only really eat their rolls, let's be honest, and no one wants pumpkin pie or stuffy, you know, which I don't blame them. But, and then it's already on to Christmas. And so right. it's kind of like sometimes we blaze through Thanksgiving, we kind of hit on being, hey, are we being grateful? Or what are we thankful for? Are we serving friends, you know, yeah. <laughs> and our, our family just to get to this like consumer driven, secu- secularized Christmas holiday. Right. Right. It's like blaze through the thankfulness, the gratefulness, the yeah. servant mindset, and let's get to the presents. Well, and I think ultimately it's become, a, it's a more difficult holiday to to capitalize on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like think, uh, Halloween is yeah. like one of the biggest spending periods. People spend a lot of money on Halloween mm-hmm. from costumes to decorations to yeah. to candy that they hand out. And they um, spend a lot on Christmas. It's very consumer driven. Mm-hmm. Um, but Thanksgiving, it's just kind of like, yeah, you, you know, you spend money on the meal, but yeah. you get together with family and that's it right gifts aren't exchanged it's it's just uh, the kind of the least commercialized i think of our american holidays Mm -hmm. and so yeah it you can see in the merchandising at stores you know they it's kind of like the thanksgiving gets skipped over totally because it's Mm -hmm. just there's not other than food you know grocery stores there's not a whole lot that they're selling right so yeah so we want to kind of act help actively change the way our kids experience Thanksgiving like we were saying from shifting it from a noun of like Thanksgiving being a holiday Mm -hmm. that we eat turkey to a verb of what does it look like an act you you think about verb you think of jumping running something with action so what does the action of being thankful or servant you know how does a what would Mm -hmm. a thankful person do yeah (laughs) exactly we all grew up with our wwjd bracelets or what would jesus do bracelets well what would thanks uh, Mm -hmm. a thankful person do yeah what would a a helpful person do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so we came up with a few ideas that we'll okay. throw out there. So the first one is um, they don't whine. They we're talking about kids specifically, but this also pertains to us. They don't whine about what they don't have or complain about what they have and compare it to others. Yeah. So again, that is just a constant like, uh, they have a pool and we don't, mm-hmm. you know. My gut reaction is like, well, then why don't you go live with them? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. See if they'll adopt you. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Um, <laughs> they also don't buy sugar, and I allow a lot of treats in this house. But um, just kind of shifting, or helping our kids shift their mindset from not complaining and comparing, like, oh, why did they get this? I mean, yeah. it's just not a thankful attitude and mindset. I think as, as parents, you know, w- it's easy to focus on the wrong things mm-hmm. with our kids. Um, it, it's easy to spend a lot of time focusing on what they're eating or are they sleeping well enough or what grades are they getting in school and I'm not saying that all those things are important they are but sometimes we we expend our energy there and then we we forget that we that building character is the most important yeah. thing and I would say this falls under that character development mm-hmm. to you know recognize first of all this is something we have to model <laughs> Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. we're, we are modeling it one way or the other. We're, mm-hmm. We are either modeling being grateful for what we have and not comparing ourselves and being content, mm-hmm. or we're modeling the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, we're comparing ourselves. We're, we're cutting ourselves down. We're like, oh, my car is such a, you know, right. such a beater. And like, you yeah. know, so what example are we setting? And then secondly, we need to, you know, when we do notice this in our kids, this is an opportunity. It's a teachable moment Mm -hmm. for us to say, you know what? 
there's always going to be somebody who has something bigger, mm-hmm. better, more mm-hmm. than than we have. Because if we're if that's what we're looking for, we're always going to find it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but if we're looking at what we have, if we're grateful for what we have, if we're w- recognizing the ways that we're blessed, um, then we're j- you're just going to be happier. Mm-hmm. You know. Happiness doesn't come before gratitude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, having the stuff doesn't make you happy. Right. If if it did, there'd be a whole lot of mm-hmm. happy rich people. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, right. that's not always the case. <laughs> it's not always the case, yeah. you know. And you think about Paul in the New Testament, yeah. right? He's he's learns to be content you yeah. know, no matter what his circumstances. And I think right. it's always good to remind our kids like there are Christians in prison right now. There are people being persecuted and they are still singing praises, right? right? Like even though they are in these really harsh circumstances, we have it so good and so well and we are so blessed. And even if we aren't, we still need to learn how to be content in that. And that's like you said, it's a challenge even for us. And it's a challenge for us, mm-hmm. yeah. So that uh, the second one I think ties in really well and that's uh, to take good care of what has been provided to them. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, the car, our car might be older mm-hmm. or their clothes might be hand-me-downs yeah. or they may not have the newest pair of sneakers, mm-hmm. but they can, they can extend the usefulness, especially of... of things like items of clothing or toys or backpacks or things like that you Mm -hmm. can extend its youth useful life by taking good care of it you know and and um learning how to maintain what you have Mm -hmm. maintain your car maintain your appliances i mean this is for us adults like Mm -hmm. trying to learn to get that life out of things i think that was something our kind of previous generations knew how to do really well Mm -hmm. and to be fair, things were built to last back then in a way that they <laughs> right. are not built to last now. Right. They're they're intended to be disposable because mm-hmm. we need that engine to feed our economy. Yeah. We need our dryers to break every three years <laughs> and get a new dryer. Right. Whereas yeah. I have a dryer that's older than me and it's still kicking and it'll probably be kicking when I that's kick awesome. the bucket. <laughs> like it's it's a tank and it's never gonna break. Um so yeah maintaining what we have and and teaching them how to do that because Mm -hmm. it's it doesn't necessarily come naturally we can't expect our kids to know you know Mm -hmm. how to how to clean a pair of shoes to make them look new Mm -hmm. again like there's Mm -hmm. things that we can teach them and you know, depending on the personality of your kids, they might actually be like, whoa, I really enjoy this. I like restoring things, right. that, you know, to yeah. to make them look new again. Um, mm-hmm. so. One of my biggest pet peeves is when my kids will leave something around and then it'll get damaged or broken. Mm. And they're like, oh, well, it wasn't my fault. Can you get me a new one? I'm like, no. Absolutely yeah. not. Because if you were taking good care of it, it would have been up in your shelf, up in your right. closet. It would have been, uh, no, it's different if their brother sneaks in, which we have sometimes, you know, while said person is at school and messes with their stuff. Right. But that's different. But if they're just leaving it out, like my sunglasses from the dollar store got sat on on the couch. Yeah. Well, why are they sitting on the couch? Mm-hmm. That's they're not, couch. you like can buy yourself happen. a new pair. Because yeah. if I left mine on the couch and someone sat on them, that's, that's yeah. boo on you me for your, not putting them away. You left your bike in the driveway and I backed over it with the yeah. car yeah because i didn't see it but i've told you it wasn't put away thirty five thousand times to yeah. put your bike away and mm-hmm. now you don't have a bike for a while you yeah. know until you can earn a new one so yeah i mean this sounds like tough love but it, it it's it, it teaches them to value what they have mm-hmm. and to appreciate it and mm-hmm. sometimes that means learning lessons the hard way and yeah. losing something that they appreciated it and then not having that thing for for 
a while. So they can earn it. So they can earn it back. <laughs> right. The third tip we have is um, encourage our kids to verbally express their appreciation to the people that sacrifice their time to help them. So whether that's a Sunday school teacher, a coach, a teacher in the classroom, whoever. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just having that mentality of, oh, I need to thank this person because they're volunteering or they're, who cares if they're getting paid or not. Um, right. They're yeah. spending time investing in me and just yeah. acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Always encouraging your kids to say thanks. And those and those people are so um, valuable to our kids' lives. Yeah. So even if, yeah, I mean, their their teachers, yes, are getting paid to be there, in my opinion, not even close to right. nearly enough, right? Mm-hmm. They're definitely doing it because they want to. Um, yeah. But regardless of it, if it's their job or if it's something that they volunteer to do, those people provide such a foundation for our kids frankly they they spend sometimes a lot more time with them Mm -hmm. than we do yeah um than we can just simply because of how our lives are structured and so yeah it's good it's good to and that's this is another one that that is easier caught than taught where Mm -hmm. they see us thanking those people they see us thanking i mean people in our lives Mm -hmm. who have similar roles for us right absolutely yeah um okay so the next one is and this kind of comes down to what how does a grateful person behave right okay they view each day with a joyful attitude regardless of the setbacks that might come their way Mm -hmm. and so you know when you're when you're a person who lives uh, from a place of gratitude you you're looking through that lens yeah at at things in life because we can always choose we can choose okay what are we going to focus on if mm-hmm. we're going to focus on struggles what we don't have what didn't go right mm-hmm. we'll always find those things yeah um and it's okay to acknowledge when things are hard it's okay right. to acknowledge having tough negative emotions processing those things so i'm not saying you know be pollyanna and stuff everything mm-hmm. down but it, it just honestly means choosing that I'm going to choose to focus and focus my emotional energy yeah. <laughs> on what I do have, mm-hmm. what is going well, what I can be joyful about. Right. Um, yeah. And kids are so funny. Like I picked up my preschooler the other day from school. I'm like, how was school? Not good. Mm. <laughs> Why? I'm like, did you play with Peyton? No, she doesn't like me anymore. Okay, well, what about <laughs> Mercer or whatever? I don't know. And he's Mercer. Like, Actually, that is his name. And he's like, he's weird. He licks the doorknobs. I'm like, what? He's licking the doorknobs during COVID? <laughs> during COVID? <laughs> awesome. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, maybe pick some. Anyway, he kept going on and on. I'm like, well, I guess he's like, he's weird. Yeah, there's a door licker. I don't know, knobs and doors. And um, so I was like, okay, well at least you're not the door licker let's look on the positive side like i'm so glad that's not you and you know how to behave properly (laughs) or constantly getting in trouble in school for licking the doors or whatever but they are just so funny how they come home and they're like it's such a bad day like yeah this happened the toilet overflowed at school i'm like was it at least it wasn't you that overflew the door like let's think of the positive like well, and, and kids are, I mean, all kids are wired differently. Yeah. And so some kids just naturally have a disposition yeah. where they're a little bit like grumps you, or, you know, a little yeah. bit grumps. <laughs> and, and then sometimes some of it is like complaining is like, it feels good. Yeah. And it's, and it's a little bit of drama, know. you know, the toilets overflowed. Well, that's dramatic. Yeah. You know, if everything goes right, there's like no drama in life. Right. Yes. Um, so depending on the personality of your kid, obviously mm-hmm. some some this is j- just their natural way of being is joyful and happy and everything's yeah. great mm-hmm. and or the opposite and yeah. so yeah it's, it, it, i i think it means you know this tip isn't isn't so much 
pushing towards an ideal, but trying to grow and stretch them from Mm -hmm. what maybe is their natural bent. Right. Right. You know, it's not it's not about trying to brighten and make shiny every type of person because we need people who are you know feel emotions yeah. deeply yeah. and have the moods and those I mean those are our artists and mm-hmm. our painters and our sculptors and our musicians like we need those people but helping them grow a little bit and right. I know for one of my daughters well they both struggle with anxiety and one though um, struggles with anxiety and can uh, have a tendency to focus on negative thoughts and then kind of start to spiral. Mm -hmm. So something that we've been working on and something that she's worked with a therapist on because it can be really helpful to have a professional telling them to do these things because they often respond better Mm -hmm. to that than you telling them (laughs) to do it or not to do it. But to just, uh, I mean, we've started the question of, well, what what if it goes right? Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What if it works out? And think about the times that you've been so worried about things going wrong and how often does the worst case scenario happen? It's actually a mathematical equation. Like (laughs) we heard from a therapist, they're like, mathematically out of how many days in the school year, 180, what percentage is something going to actually go wrong that right. you're worried about? One percent, right. like, and I mean, we don't every day something goes yes. wrong. But we're talking, cat- you know, she catastrophizes. Right. I mean, for that's sure. the term for it. Is like what the worst case scenario, and this is something that our brains do to protect us because yeah. we're thinking about, okay, what's the worst thing c- that could happen, and how do I avoid that thing? Yeah. But for people who this interferes with them being able to function well, it's mm-hmm. like you just get on the spiral of like catastrophizing. What's the worst thing that could happen? And it just, I mean, uh, good therapy mm-hmm. is learning to discipline your thoughts. Yeah. I think that's the best definition I've ever heard for mm-hmm. therapy. It doesn't seem woo-woo. It doesn't seem touchy-feely. Yeah. It is learning to discipline your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is an example of that. Right. Learning to discipline your thoughts, choosing to see in stark relief the things that are blessings in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Even if they are setbacks for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, the fifth tip we have is focus on the good things in your life and the good qualities in the people that you encounter. So I... Again, I have a tendency to be, I can be kind of judgy or be like, oh, that person is overbearing or they're so controlling with this. And I'm Mm. like, well, you know what? Actually, I appreciate that they're spending their time volunteering as a coach for my kids. Yes, they are a little overbearing, whatever. But Mm -hmm. let's focus on the positive and the good qualities. So I think kids can do that a lot with teachers, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, she's so mean and she gets so much trouble. Okay, well, let's think of some of the good qualities and be grateful for them. Well, and my dad always says, um, you know, often our our strengths, when pushed to an extreme, mm-hmm. become our greatest weaknesses. Mm-hmm. But w- so when you look at people's uh, traits, their their you know flaws, but also their gifts, yeah. very often the two are connected. And so when they're under stress, or when when they're insecure, yeah. or mm-hmm. when yeah, when they're not acting out of healthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. The, the things that we could judge or critique or who, that bother us about them are very often what they're great at, but it's been, um, you know, it's just kind of gotten off track yeah. um, or become extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can, again, you can start to, to say, okay, I'm going to choose to focus on, hey, this person is very organized. They're very, um, they're good at, at leading people. They're mm-hmm. good at, 
getting people together to yeah. accomplish a task, <laughs> right? Right, right. And say and say good things about mm-hmm. it. And I think this is where that behaving your way into thinking, yes, or acting your way into a different way of thinking comes into play. Because, uh, and I've seen my mom model this. She just chooses not to say mm-hmm. negative things about people. Yeah, she chooses yeah. to find positive aspects and traits mm. in anybody. That's awesome. And she can always find them, and that's what she. That's how she talks about them. Yeah. That's how she refers to them. What's going on in her head about them? I guess we'll never know, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but well. she she makes the decision to speak always positively about people, and her mother is the same way. So she learned that from her mom. That's awesome. I've learned that from her. I'm not as good at it as she such is. a disciplined. It, it is. Again, I mean, it's but a discipline. it's such a gift. Yeah. And it's something we can all work to. Yes. I know and I that's why help. Darcy Kimmel, everybody loves her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because she doesn't say a bad word about she, anyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't hear her say it about other people mm-hmm. when not in their presence. And then you can feel pretty confident that she doesn't do that about you. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah. Mm, that's awesome. It's a really good point. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Let's move through these because we've got a lot of other great suggestions. Um, okay. This is where I think the servant's attitude comes in. They look for ways that they can help people mm-hmm. who need a hand in life or yeah. or even small things. You know, it's it, it's again that that asking that question, what would a helpful person do? Yeah. <laughs> um, how would they act right now? They would not even ask, can I help you with the dishes? They would just help start it. washing mm-hmm. dishes at, you know, the end of the party because it's winding down and mm-hmm. you want to kind of leave things better than when you found it. And they, they look for things to do. And we talk about this a lot at our house because my kids are older now. Mm-hmm. They have had, pl- we've had plenty of the talking, plenty of the training. <laughs> right. They know, you know, they're grown. And, yeah. and this applies to, to spouses as well. I mean, I, I have heard that often there's a dynamic in marriages where, and I'm not picking on you guys, but this is just the way it is. Very often the woman carries the much heavier burden of housework mm-hmm. than than her husband does, even when they both work outside of the home. And then there's this attitude sometimes that, well, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Just ask me to do it and I'll do it. But that's asking me to, you know, that's asking me to carry the the emotional load do all of the thinking Mm -hmm. carry that mental burden of constantly delegating everything Mm -hmm. rather than making the standard of you you guys are grown we're all grown people in this house now we we are a a house of four (laughs) adults living together you're grown you have eyes you know how to do all these things. Yeah. Look around and figure out what needs to be done and do it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> don't sit there waiting to be asked. Yeah. Don't get indignant and be like, well, just ask me to do it and I'll do it. I don't, I'm not going to ask you. Mm-hmm. I don't have the emotional energy for that. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going and keep doing mm-hmm. um, until things get done. So yeah. you have eyes. You can see what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So, And um, I, one of my friends, this is just a little practical example. I'm not very good at um, acts of mercy. I wish I was. That's <laughs> yeah. not my spiritual gift. But w- when I see someone that's in need, I'm like, oh, shoot, I want to help, but I don't know what to do. So I have a tendency to say, like, what can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody really probably wants to be like, well, you could come do my laundry. So, right. or bring, you know, or if they're down or whatever. 
you could bring me my favorite Starbucks. So she keeps a list on her phone of all her best friends and their favorite drink. So she will say like two pump, pumpkin latte, extra vente, 120 degree, whatever. I don't know how do they order. So when her friend doesn't feel well, she will go get their drink and be like, your drink's at your door. So she doesn't say like, what can I do to cheer you up? I'm sorry, I'm having a bad, you're like, can I get you something? She's just like kind of pushes in Mm -hmm. and she knows what, they need and now it's just for starbucks like she keeps their favorite drinks on her phone i'm like oh i should do that but then i always forget but (laughs) i'm just saying like i like what you were saying don't ask like what can i do to help like if you know and you're being intentional and you think if i was in their situation what would i want done yeah if how could i would i want to be what would be helpful to me in that Mm -hmm. situation and just do it and now i'm gonna call you out you did this for me this oh. last weekend <laughs> oh so you say you're not oh, good at these yes. ass of mercy but i mean again you're you're taking the actions even well, if it, this yeah. doesn't come natural to you so well thank you, you well you're you easy so to i had a <laughs> uh, i had not a great birthday health-wise i just was having yeah. some stuff going on that just made it kind of a bummer of a day and um you and i were talking and you knew that and so you're like well tomorrow let you just need to do over your birthday tomorrow yeah. so just wake up in the morning and assume <laughs> it's your birthday again you were encouraging via text and then that afternoon you sent me a text and said ding dong door ditch <laughs> and I looked out my door and you had brought me some, just some treats and chips oh. and salsa, which is like, I'm not a big sweets person. And you remembered that chips and dip is yeah. most of my diet <laughs> and um, <laughs> dipping thing, b- dipping vegetables and chips and crackers into dip is pretty much what I eat most of the time. Uh, it's horrible. Awesome. But you brought me that and, and some like fun little drinks and mm. it lifted my spirits. So oh, I think that, that that's an example of how you can serve. Obviously, doing practical things for people mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes just that little act of kindness yeah. is is goes mm. a long way. So. Well, good. And I think it's good, even with your with our kids, how can this is a good reminder to me, like thinking, OK, if a neighbor or one of their friends isn't doing well, what is a little thing that we can do to show them love? Again, mm-hmm. just lead with the action. Yeah. And then yeah. their kids, the kids will see, oh, okay, this yeah. is what we do when yeah. someone's having a bad day or needs yeah. a birthday redo or, or who's their husband's front, sick in uh, yeah, the hospital. Their front yard isn't looking great yeah. because they're going through health issues or whatever. Yeah. They haven't been able to take care of it. Just go over and pull their weeds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go over and mow their lawn. Yeah. You know, just go take care of it. Don't ask them if you can do it. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, don't go in their backyard without permission. But yes. <laughs> but if there's things that you can just do, pull their trash cans out for them on trash day if you notice that they forgot. Like, yeah. um, mm-hmm. just see needs. And if you have, if, uh, and I believe this strongly, that, that, you know, to people say, well, how do I know what God's will is in, in mm-hmm. things, right? If God puts needs in front of your eyes, mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants you to act. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. If you yeah. can see it and you can do something about it, you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, you don't need to go to the Bible and try to find this epiphany. <laughs> you don't need the Holy Spirit to speak to you, although sometimes I think that happens. Mm-hmm. But it's like if, if there is a need that you can see and you have the means and ability and proximity to do something about it, mm-hmm. you're supposed to. Yeah. That is God's will. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, again, something we we model for our kids. They learn from watching us. It's going to be far more powerful for them to see us do this yeah. than for us to lecture them about why it's important to do this. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just acting. Right. It's just doing, and then that changes their thinking and the way you feel. Mm-hmm. Well, 
the last two we'll kind of summarize together and then I have an example with your dad cares but um, <laughs> the last two are um, before leaving a gathering do everything you can to help the host you know clean everything up and um, you had already alluded to this but you know instead of being expecting to be waited on at home assume responsibility and offer to help um, I think of and your dad's going to kill me when they share this but so we have an office here in Scottsdale and he was like, well, why don't we've had a janitor or custodian come in, you know, over the years to clean the bathrooms and vacuum. And during COVID, he, we didn't want people, you know, in the office or getting sick or whatever. Well, so, and I think, I think our contract with that company yes. just ended and it was just like a we lag. Were really struggling to find somebody yeah. to replace that company. And it was during COVID. Yeah. Yes. And so it was kind of like a, perfect storm and we're like oh what do we do do we take turn and Tim, you know dr tim kimmel the founder of grace based families he's like well we'll clean the bathroom darcy yeah. and i will and we're like no you guys shouldn't oh no he was in there yep. every friday swiftering now swifter skills yeah could use a little training but he what had such a servant's heart he's in there and i can hear him whacking whacking the yeah. swifter it's banging the walls and yeah, i'm like oh, the toilet i didn't even think about like and i'm again it's because i don't think of serving others very well i'm not opposed to doing it. i just don't even think about it yeah and he was in there so faithfully yeah cleaning yeah. the toilets and scrubbing the toilets and he it's i totally reminds me of like the first will be last right yes. and the last yeah. will be first and yeah. he had no qualms about going in the bathrooms Jesus and cleaning them instead of the custodian the, for yeah, years he did Jesus that washed the disciples feet and mm -hmm. because there wasn't a servant there to do it you know and he's just like yeah. of course i'm going to do it and so yes and, and since then <laughs> so, so with some covid restrictions <laughs> lifting and stuff i was like i love your heart yeah <laughs> but you're not very good at this and it's been several months and we need to get a professional in here. So yes. in case anyone's worried, Tim and Darcy Kimmel are not on their hands and knees scrubbing toilets. But at, they were. Ministry, and it was but they really were and they still would be admirable if mm -hmm. if we needed them to. But yeah, one of the things that I did as soon as really I could was like, we're hiring a professional. Yes. And, you know, it's yes. part of again, stewarding our, our office space here and taking care of what mm -hmm. we have well mm -hmm. is, you know. It's not the best use of their time and it's not right. within especially my dad's best skill set <laughs> is cleaning but he was certainly so willing and and i think that that the heart mm -hmm. um is the most important thing yeah and so it's a good example it was a great example to all of us because we're like mm -hmm. well, we you know we all better take care of our offices and we've got no excuse like yeah the, <laughs> the president, the president, and vice president in and scrubbing the toilets right you know exactly. so <laughs> yeah exactly well, I hope that kind of by ref refocusing and re kind of redefining this word, Thanksgiving, remembering that it's a verb, mm -hmm. not a noun, not just a noun, yeah. um, and can kind of refocus how, how we uh, approach this season. And it's obviously, these, this is, uh, we need to set an example in this and we need to be raising our kids this way all year. Mm -hmm. But this season, I think, provides a jumping off point where we can talk about thankfulness and gratitude yeah. and how to live out Thanksgiving, how to do Thanksgiving mm -hmm. um, in our everyday lives. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're here for you. We want to pray for you. We want to encourage you. Um, one of the resources that we'd like to recommend um, is Raising Kids for Two Greatness, a book that we provide through here or through Amazon, whatever. But it talks about really aiming your kids' hearts towards true greatness. And um, in that 
book, we talk about having a a servant's heart and a humble heart and a generous heart and a grateful heart. And we've kind of just scratched the surface on that today. But um, that's just good refresher for you if you wanted to dive deeper. And then our blog has tons of resources Mm -hmm. on this as well. But um, lots of practical tips in that book, too. Again, it's a doing book. Like a lot of a Mm -hmm. lot of our books are about changing your thinking, understanding grace. But what I love about Raising Kids for True Greatness is it gets very practical because ultimately it's in so many ways it's what you do that defines how you affect other people yeah it's what you do that defines you that's a little uh you know nod to batman begins uh the movie (laughs) but um but it's true you know it does matter what we think and it does matter what we believe but to the extent that it makes an impact in other people's lives what we do how we act and how we behave Mm -hmm. It has a far greater impact than what we believe on the inside that yeah. doesn't seem to come out and show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if you want to email us, if we can pray for you, if you have questions or comments, you can reach out to us at family at gracebasedfamilies.com. And as always, you can um, find out more information about our ministry and get practical help and hope from our website at gracebasedfamilies.com. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.